You're listening to Why We Do What We Do. Welcome to Why We Do What We Do. I'm going to be, I don't know if I said that right. I'm going to be your sleepy host, Abraham. (sighs) And I'm going to be your uh, recently awakened host, Shane. Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> so we're a psychology podcast. We like to take interesting topics, break them down into bite-sized chunks that you can understand and enjoy, and and we can describe them through a lens of science that is uh, maybe different from how you probably heard them on the cover of magazine, read them on the cover of magazines, or heard them <laughs> from other podcasts. And and we bring this skeptical lens, that sort of thing. And we're really excited about this topic today because this is something that I would feel like maybe everybody deals with. On some level, I feel like as a parent, I have had to struggle with this for several years and still struggle with this idea. But yeah, we're really excited to dig into this one. And we often do these sort of how-to episodes, and this is going to be one of those in sort of a tongue-in-cheek style. Mm -hmm. And so this is 10 ways to ruin your sleep, (laughs) and this also kind of then doubles as 10 ways to fix it. So we're going to treat this as sort of a, a top 10 countdown sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's fair, like kind of like our own version of BuzzFeed. Sure, why not? <laughs> I forget that you might. <laughs> do you follow BuzzFeed at all? So I guess maybe that's if you don't, then not directly. It shows up on other things that I like to read online. Okay, so that's fair. I'm familiar. I'm peripherally familiar with it, and also <laughs> like I do like top ten things. So like I watch YouTube top tens, and obviously BuzzFeed comes up on there. So yeah, I wrote this one in my sleep. <laughs> I can kidding. see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just garbled mess. It's just you pounding on the keyboard in, in, during one of your night terrors. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about a San Diego, California high school student in the 1960s named Randy Gardner. <laughs> it's 1963, the fall semester, beginning of the school year. Martin Luther King Jr. has recently given his famous I Have a Dream speech. Yep. Probably many people have heard of. Yep. Vietnam War is raging on. Everyone and their grandparents and their pets are listening to the Beatles Mm -hmm. before they found acid. Sure. The average price of a house was just a little, a little over (laughs) $12,000, which is now the low price of a car. Yeah. And gas was only 22 cents a gallon. And within that civil rights protests were held all over the country. So does any of that sound familiar? I mean, there's part of that that's still happening today. So, you know, I guess some things don't change. Sure. And in San Diego, some high school students were tasked with coming up with a science fair project. All right. So for this next segment, Abraham is going to be Randy, and I'm going to be somebody named Bruce McAllister. Okay. Randy Gardner, Bruce McAllister. All right. So I'll I'll start. Ready? Let's do this. Okay. Let's see if we can gain paranormal abilities by staying awake for a really long time. Like what? Uh, I don't know. How can we prove that we had these abilities? Uh, how long do we have to stay awake? All right, never mind. Let's see what happens when you stay awake for a really long time. How long? The world record is 11 days, I think. Want to try and beat that? No, not really. Do you? All right, let's flip a coin for it and see. (laughs) (laughs) So I I tried to channel my California surfer during that time. If you hadn't picked that up, that that was as close as I could get to Spicoli as I could. That was great. I definitely picked it up immediately. <laughs> so. That was great. So Randy lost the coin toss, or or won, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Randy is going to be our, our our hero here for staying awake <laughs> in this, this experiment that they're going to do for a little over 11 days. 
Uh, which is a long time. I have stayed up for a couple days at a time, and I I don't understand how anybody does it. It is the worst. It is not fun. Yeah, I agree. Two days is more than enough, and 11 sounds absurd. But let's talk about this. So <laughs> to give a little background, one of the things we have to talk about is this idea of sleep hygiene. And sleep hygiene is the sleep context that produces ideal sleep. So this could be a glass of scotch and a warm bed partner. This could be a good set of blankets. It could be any number of things that are going to produce a good night's sleep. And the antithesis of that is a can of Monster Energy drink, your parents' basement. And a pile of dirty laundry as your warm bed partner. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Context here means the environment and behaviors before and during sleep. So the sounds, the bedding, whatever you're sleeping on, temperature, lights, etc. But also the routines around sleep. So food and drink, your waking schedule, substances that might be in your system, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so sleep hygiene is really important because sleep is important, right? And you're going to find out just how important sleep is as we go through this this topic. So just a heads up, it might be a little bit eye-opening, <laughs> which is funny for sleep, I guess. <laughs> so our brain, heart, and blood vessels are repaired during sleep. And when, when we're deprived of sleep, people are more likely to gain weight, experience heart and kidney disease, be foggy, and have trouble concentrating, and are more likely to suffer from a stroke, are more likely to develop type 2 diabetes, have weakened immune systems, are more likely to experience depression, experience inflammation, and struggle with quality social interactions. So, like a lot of things. Yeah, that seems like the, the list of things that you don't want to have happen. <laughs> like any of those. Yeah. A global pandemic is also very conducive to all of the things that you just listed. 10 out of 10 for staying awake to binge all of Shit's Creek, Queen's Gambit, and 22 seasons of SVU. <laughs> I think they're on to 23 now. Yeah, they might be. I have been catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and wrapping up that series because now that it's done. But I'm still like, there's so many episodes in a season. I don't know how anybody does that word so for the most part you don't experience good sleep without good sleep hygiene so be prepared to be scolded by abraham and myself for the next 45 minutes you're gonna feel real bad about the way you sleep <laughs> and i want to be careful to be clear that there are medical reasons people have difficulty sleeping that are obviously not their fault so we're not going to talk about we're not going to blame you or shame you for those things there are also the lucky few who have no difficulty sleeping regardless of their poor sleep hygiene. That would be me. Same. I could sleep pretty much anywhere and everywhere. Like I can, yep. I can zonk out no matter where. I, it, I have no sense of danger, apparently. I could sleep in a, on a sidewalk and people would be like, I could get robbed. And they'd be like, it's fine. I'm, I'm tired. I sleep next to a hungry alligator. It's yeah, there no you go. Problem. It's really strange. I've, I've been there. I've seen it. It's and For there to be an alligator where you're at. <laughs> Doesn't even fit the climate. Now, for the rest of us, we need good sleep hygiene. So fortunately, you have found your way to this episode so we can fix you. And before we go on, you're welcome. <laughs> Maybe uh, sleep next to a rattlesnake. That's doubly difficult because of the rattle. Yeah, I was going to say, well, it's white noise. That's true. <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> they coax you to sleep. That's a Nevada white noise machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so beyond a survey of what your actual nightly routine is obtained by us peeking through your bedroom window every night, well, and the data collected from the nanobots and all the vaccines that you've received, <laughs> here are a few signs that you might have poor sleep hygiene. One, you are easily and frequently aroused while sleeping. Try being aroused instead. Far more enjoyable. Yes, absolutely. So you might also have difficulty falling asleep, like stay away from the edge of your bed for sure. Like we don't do that. We keep we keep our legs inside the bed, right? We don't I don't know about you, but I can't if my foot dangles over the bed. No, thanks. I just all I can think of is Freddy Krueger. I actually have to have one leg out. It's like a thing as I have a leg. Oh, really? Dangling. Yeah, I'm a dangler. 
Uh, it happens, I guess. Another sign that you have poor sleep hygiene is daytime sleepiness. I mean, except for those binge watching golf, C-SPAN or QVC. We understand if you start dozing off <laughs> or maybe never sleeping. Right. Which we're just joking. But leave those things to David Blaine. He's the guy that you can just have not sleep. You can't not sleep. He cannot sleep. All right, so if you find yourself waking up easily during the night, having difficulty falling asleep, being sleepy throughout the day, and not sleeping, those are signs that you might have poor sleep hygiene. All right, so let's get back to Randy Gardner for a moment, our sleep-defined high school student of the Dick Van Dyke years. So obviously his parents, specifically his mom's, concerned that this experiment of his of staying up for 11 days is potentially dangerous to his health, particularly in the 1960s. It was really not well known the effects of extreme sleep deprivation and whether that would be deadly. They did know that there in experiments keeping animals up that long that they did die, but they weren't entirely sure why. And so, of course, his parents are concerned. A sleep researcher, one of the only ones at at this point in time, a very nascent field, if you will. And they hear about it and they get involved. Now, real quick, I just use that word and I don't know what that word means. So, Abraham, tell me. What does nascent mean? Thanks. So nascent is just sort of coming into existence, just starting to become a thing. It is the fetus of an idea, I guess, if you will. So it just displays signs of future potential. So something nascent is like new and coming up. Unlike the GQP, right, which has been kind of like gestating and, and, and boiling up in the in that political party for some time. All right, so JFK gets assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald, or... Or was he? (laughs) Or was he? Was it Magneto? (laughs) Not really related to this, of course, but a significant U.S. event that took place during the same time. So over the new year, so this is the end, it's like coming into winter, and it's like December-ish, they decide to do this experiment and then keep Randy awake the entire time. So to keep him awake, they play basketball. And they want to be constantly doing these tests that keep him engaged, but also assess his sort of mental state, if you will. And so they do smell tests, taste tests, and cognitive tests. And they just basically just present those things to him, have him report. And apparently he actually started getting really irritated with the smell tests in particular (laughs) and would snap at them saying like, don't make me smell that. I hate that smell, even though it was not an abrasive smell of any kind. Yeah, it was lavender. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know what yeah, it was. Like, but... I want to stay awake. Don't make me smell that. <laughs> how, how dare you make me smell lavender? So some quick stats. Thanks to the CDC. We want to kind of share a little bit about sleep in general. And so the CDC recommends seven hours of sleep every 24 hour period. So that's their uh, like kind of general recommendation. And obviously within that, people who are going to sleep need more or less sleep per day or per, you know, whatever that might be tw- per 24 hour period. But they recommend seven hours of sleep in a 24 hour period. So the CDC provides data on which states of the United States, 38 to 41 percent of adults reported getting less than an average of seven hours of sleep per night and a possible explanation as to why they get so little sleep. And this, by the way, we chose these ones because this was the the highest numbers of people reporting less than seven hours of sleep. We'll start with Michigan. We explained the reason to you, but you can't see us pointing to our palms. <laughs> so <laughs> I love this because it's a very nuanced thing. If you're not familiar with Michigan, they use they use their hand to tell you where they live. Like because Michigan is shaped like a mitten. So they tell you right. they point they hold their hand to do that. So if you weren't familiar with that, that's a, that's a very unique thing. I don't know. All right. Alabama. 
Sometimes your football team always wins and you got to party till the next season. Georgia, who do you think is running the CNN headquarters 24-7? Steve Kornacki. (laughs) Ohio, Drew Carey is still out there in Cleveland somewhere rocking. Illinois, more like Illinois. Turn it down over there. Iowa hasn't slept since the primaries. (laughs) Oh, deep cuts, deep cuts. New York, I mean, duh. (laughs) South Carolina, the locals are wonderful. But when those damn northerners flock to Myrtle Beach. Oh, (laughs) Oh, what a ruckus. What a ruckus. All right. Delaware. They've been celebrating those, quote, first state vibes since 1787. West Virginia. Those mountain mamas and their country roads get pretty rowdy. (laughs) Kentucky. Mitch McConnell throws a hell of a kegger when he's home on the weekends. And Maryland. We don't know, but you should watch The Wire. (laughs) Also, I don't know that I'd ever want to go to a Mitch McConnell kegger. Hard to imagine what that would be like. The keggers might have an extra bladder, though, right under the chin. <laughs> oh, do you guys have happen to have any natural ice? <laughs> worst beer. Worst beer. Michelob Ultra. <laughs> that wasn't even a dig at Mitch McConnell. That was a dig at Natty Ice. So anyway. <laughs> all right. So there are some demographics, too. And, and we wanted to kind of touch on this a little bit. When we talk about those folks that have had less than seven hours of sleep per night, men are 0.7% more likely than women to get less than seven hours of sleep, if that makes sense. I think it does. I understood it at least. <laughs> Basically, they, they, get less, they get less sleep. Men get less sleep is what they're saying. Yes, that's, that's the way to put it. Men, men <laughs> tend to get less sleep than women. Adults age 40, 44 to 54, so the 10-year gap in your golden-ish years, <laughs> report at 39% getting less than seven hours of sleep. This is actually the worst of every age group, by the way. Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islanders, they report out at 46% get less than seven hours of sleep per night. Yeah. Craziness. Yeah. It's nuts. All right. So let's talk about then. We've talked about where sleep is bad in the United States. We've talked about why sleep is important and what happens when you don't get enough sleep. So here's 10 easy ways to ruin your sleep with just a little effort. You'll never sleep again. It's easy. <laughs> it's easy. Let's count them down. Coming in at number 10, one way that you can ruin your sleep is to exercise right before you go to bed. So it's like 10 o'clock at night. You're like, I'm really tired. I should go to bed. First, I'm going to go run three miles. Then I'm going to go to bed. That actually wakes you up considerably and makes it much harder for you to fall asleep for most people. Or if you never exercise, that also can be a problem. So there's this, yeah. there's a sweet spot in there. Exercise during the day and don't just never exercise. Exercise does help with sleep, just not right before sleep. Right. Absolutely. Number nine, using your bed for everything. For those folks that are out there who are working in bed or doing literally anything else in bed but sleeping. I mean, there are some activities, obviously, but for the most part, using your bed for everything in your life, probably not good. If you store things, if you use your bed as like, I don't know, storage for like your dirty clothes or anything like that, that can also be quite a problem for your sleep. Yeah, make that a sacred space. Yes, absolutely. Number eight, using screens in bed related to the one that you just gave, but specific advice of watching TV, looking at your phone, playing on your iPad or your Nintendo Switch or whatever it is that you've got using screens in bed, particularly around bedtime is one another way you can ruin your sleep. Number seven, food before bed. If you if you tend to be somebody who snacks and likes to eat like a big meal before bed, you might feel tired. Like yesterday I ate a burrito called a burrito loco and it was <laughs> divine. However, if I ate that before bed, even though I would feel tired, I wouldn't sleep well. It's because it's loco. It's yeah, it's it's red sauce. Heartburn for everybody. Number six, work right up until bedtime. So if you 
tire yourself out by just powering through, powering through, powering through, and then going to sleep, that is going to be a recipe for not sleeping while you want to. Give yourself some wind down time most of the time so you can work right up until bedtime. Make sure that you do not get very good sleep. Number five, tossing and turning until you feel tired. Now, this is probably likened to maybe exercising where any sort of like major movement and kind of doing all of that stuff will increase your heart rate and increase the activity in your body. So probably not conducive for trying to relax. Number four, wake up whenever you feel like it. This is a great way to make sure that you do not get regularly sleep and that you are sleep deprived and that you have trouble falling and staying asleep. Just wake up whenever. Yeah. Don't have a set routine or time to wake up. Just whenever you get around to it, whenever it feels right, that's when you should get up. Yeah. And then number three, to piggyback on that, sleeping in on the weekends. This is something that people try to do, right? Because you don't have to be up anywhere. You don't have to work or anything like that. So what you do is you sleep in and it throws off your sleep schedule. It throws off the times that you're normally up. It throws off those times that you go to bed. It throws off everything. It's not a great way to to plan your sleep. Number two, stay up late. Always staying up late is a great way to make sure that you do not get enough sleep and that you are more likely to want to sleep in, sleep in on the weekends, wake up whenever you feel like it. Just go ahead and stay up late all the time and you will have terrible, terrible sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And number one, yeah, drum roll. alcohol, alcohol, when it gets into your system does not allow you to have deep sleep. You tend to sleep. Some people will be like, well, I'll drink some alcohol and I relax and I'll sleep well. But what ends up happening is with alcohol in your system, you actually sleep lighter and you don't get that deep sleep that you need for your body to repair. Alcohol is the best way to screw up your sleep permanently or as close to permanently as possible. Uh, using it to get to sleep, using it and then falling asleep are ways to make sure that your sleep is just the absolute worst. And uh-huh. also, great thing about alcohol is that if you drink alcohol before you go to bed, you're more likely to wake up in the middle of the night to have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So it gets you aroused from your sleep in the middle of the night as well. So this is really like the one-two punch of ways to ruin your sleep is using alcohol to sleep. Uh Uh-huh. And if you ever wonder why you get heartburn after you drink alcohol, one of the things that alcohol does is it relaxes the muscle at the top of your stomach and allows for you to get acid reflux easier. But if you're really not trying to sleep, you should totally get on a Peloton while binge watching Mad Men and eating bonbons and reading emails at midnight on Saturday with a glass of scotch next to an unmade bed because you just woke up after tossing and turning. So as long as you're not trying to sleep... (laughs) that sounds pretty rad oh man so let's talk about some other things that mess with your sleep starting with daylight savings time yeah now luckily for us this episode is going to come out just right after daylight saving time takes place in the united states and so uh, let's talk about how this affects everyone's everything Mm -hmm. daylight saving time is stupid about 70 (laughs) countries do this And research backs up the fact that it's stupid. Science says daylight saving time, stupid, without even trying. And I mean, what that what I mean by this is I wanted to look at the research on this. And so all I did to go to the, the places where I look for research is type in daylight saving time, sleep, nothing else. That was it. Just one, just just enough to get me these studies uh-huh. without even trying beyond that. I found eight studies since 2000 that scientifically prove daylight saving time is stupid. And that is that everyone agrees that it messes with sleep for everybody and all the countries in which it takes place and all the states in which it takes place because we have one state in the United States who has rebelled against this nonsense system. So Mm -hmm. in short, the sun is canceled. 
Hashtag the sun is canceled. <laughs> Take that space. There are very few times where I feel like I agree with Arizona, and this is one of them. <laughs> right? So, all right. Daylight saving time, done. Daylight saving time is canceled. So, with that being said, what if we want to sleep better? What do we do? And this is something that we really kind of, this is the backside of the episode that is going to be helpful for you, right? Don't do any of those things we recommended, like drink alcohol and toss and turn all night. Instead, do these things that we're going to talk about now. Yeah, so if you actually want to sleep, for some reason, you weirdo, you mostly do the opposite as we described, just as you said. Now, caveat, you don't need to do all of those things at once. So first of all, making big changes like this can be difficult for a lot of people. Alcohol is obviously an addictive substance. And so for some people, it's going to take a lot more than just wanting to sleep more to kick that habit. Second, you may not need to make such changes to have the effect that you want. And third, some of the strategies will work better than others for different people. So I recommend that you try changing some things, see if they have an impact, and if not, try other things and sort of, you know, manipulate, change some things at least a little bit, see what works. Yeah. So in this next section, we're going to talk about four main domains of change. We're going to talk about routines, daily habits, sleep schedules, and bedroom environments. All of these things can have a direct impact on how well you sleep and getting a better night's sleep or getting to sleep easier. Yeah, so we've got some great strategies for how you can never sleep again or just have the worst sleep mm -hmm. and try and be like a lifelong version of Randy Gardner. But assuming that you do want to sleep sometimes, here are some considerations around routine. First, keep it consistent. That is consistent. What I mean by that is all the time. <laughs> In case that <laughs> was a vocabulary word for some people. <laughs> routine meaning have a, a set thing, a set like order of things that you do around your sleep all the time and occasional things conferences holidays jet lag probably those are things that are going to happen and they're fine but for the vast majority of the time your routine should look pretty much the same yeah so what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to give yourself at least 30 minutes of time dedicated to putting you in a relaxed state and that could be a lot of different things that can be meditation that can be reading personally for me in order to relax, like reading is helpful. I can just sit down and grab a book in a, in a nice warm light, read for a little bit. And if it's late at night, I usually get pretty tired pretty quickly. If it's late and I sit down to start reading a nice soft light, I will make it a half a page maybe. Mm -hmm. Yep. And realize exactly. that I didn't read anything at all. <laughs> right. Exactly. Then I got to reread it anyway. So yeah. Another thing is to stop using screen devices about 30 to 60 minutes before going to sleep. And related to that is generally avoid bright lights. I mean, Avoid most lights, really, but at least bright lights. Try to avoid. If you're unable to get to sleep after about 20 minutes, get up and do something else for a little while and then try again. So that's totally fine. If you're struggling, I mean, 20 minutes in, if you're struggling, then there's probably something else you can do to help get you to relax. But the other thing, too, is only use your bed for sleeping. Only that and, well, you know, sex. We talked about that. You can use it for sex, too, but try not to use it for anything else. Don't pair it with work. Don't pair it with chores. Try to avoid doing those things. You should really only use it for sleeping, maybe sometimes sitting down, napping is cool, and having sex. Not breakfast. Not breakfast. Nope. There's a separate table for that. <laughs> That's it for sort of routine things. Let's talk about general daily habits. So it turns out that what we do while we are awake impacts our sleep. What? Shocking. One is that if you're going to exercise, and you should, exercise does help with sleep. Do it during the day, not before you go to sleep. Right. And you're like a potted plant. You need sunlight. So go get some. 
I can only spend about five minutes outside before I flash fry, <laughs> but I do need some sun. Well, and that's Florida. So yeah. Yeah. Generally avoiding substances, avoid nicotine, alcohol, eating, caffeine before bed specifically. I mean, you can, you can obviously eat and drink <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and drink coffee, but don't use alcohol to fall asleep. It'll knock you out faster, but then you're less likely to get quality sleep and you're more likely to wake up during the night. Obviously caffeine late at night affects some people more than others. Some people like me can have a cup of coffee after dinner and then immediately fall asleep. Yep. But for a lot of people, it's fairly, fairly sensitive. So again, just generally avoiding doing those things right before bed. Yeah. And just to be clear, we do advocate for eating and drinking and stuff like that. We're not breatharians. So like we do, <laughs> yes. we do advocate for that. Stay alive. <laughs> Please stay alive. That would be the worst. It's like we listen to this podcast and we got a recommendation not to eat. Nope. Nope. That was a different podcast. So another one too is a sleep schedule. This is something that I think maybe some people struggle with because we kind of get that idea of like, oh, I want to sleep in. I want to have this. I want to have this time to sleep in and not have to worry about anything else. But you want to have a set wake up time and you don't want to sleep in just because you can. You're doing that because your current routine isn't working. And so we kind of talk about those routines before you're sleeping in because something else isn't working somewhere. Or maybe you're feeling tired because you're actually sleeping in on days you shouldn't. All right. The other thing, and this is one of the more confronting Possibly the most challenging thing I'm going to recommend, but if you want to have good sleep, again, for some reason, <laughs> prioritize your sleep. That means that you'll want to stay up for things. Right. Don't. Go to f***ing sleep. <laughs> Choose bedtime over partying. Choose bedtime over doom scrolling, over watching late night on YouTube. Choose bedtime. Like You're going to want to stay up for things. Don't. Right. Bedtime is important. Sleep is important. Unless, of course, you don't want to sleep and then definitely choose those things. And also plan to change your habits gradually. You're not going to have a major change all of a sudden. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes intentionality to be able to do that. Right. It takes some time to gradually change those schedules and those routines. So take some time to do that. All right. Finally, let's talk about your general sleep environment. Not lieutenant mm -hmm. sleep environment, but general sleep environment. <laughs> and so <laughs> one of the things in a sleep environment is to have a comfortable place to sleep. Throughout all of high school, I slept in a hammock. It was great. I would do it again. And if I were not in a relationship, probably because it's really hard <laughs> to sleep with other people. But otherwise, I, I don't know if there's, there's probably some science out there about that. I did not bother looking it up. But anyway, having a comfortable place to sleep is key. This is why, like, if you see a band that's on tour, why they all look very tired, because they never have a comfortable place to sleep. It's usually on the floor of somebody's house or on a couch or in the van with no pillows. They're using their gear as pillows, stuff like that. So it, it really is kind of a bad spot. Being in a touring band is very, very tough if you don't have hotels. Yeah. Or they sleep in like one of those soapbox racing cars that they uh, <laughs> that they drag behind the bus. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. With, with metal wheels. <laughs> <laughs> they bring a car just to sleep in block out disruptive lights and so this is something that um i've noticed lately in in my neighborhood is that there is a um specific like it looks like somebody's shining a spotlight across our backyard so um i, ha I have to block out that to be able to sleep effectively are they trying to summon the batman probably i mean i don't know there's it's probably my arch nemesis in the in the hoa who's like summoning she's mad because people have chickens oh okay so it's probably her it's like patty who's like shining this light she's like we need somebody to address this sign like something like that at the you know in the middle of the night oh geez another one and related to the chickens is block out noise mm -hmm. you want to generally have a quiet or at least noise consistent environment 
So avoiding a, a noisy place is going to be important. Yep. You want to keep the room a little cool. So whoever wrote these notes thinks that 65 degrees Fahrenheit is cool. That's freezing. <laughs> that's that's freezing. That's not cool. 72 degrees is the appropriate temperature. I got that from from research. Hmm. I mean, not research that I conducted, but research that I read. So it's like how Uno came out and said that you can't stack cards mm-hmm. in the game. That, that's that's bogus. That's that's <laughs> those are lies. They're bl- it's fake news is what that is. 65 <laughs> degrees is fake news. I think scientists are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some other things that you can do are using calming scents, such as lavender, not cocaine, but, but scents that's, that are calming and smell good. Yeah. Pink noise or white noise machines. <laughs> so the idea is you want to create like an unconscious cue or trigger that helps your body wind down. It blocks out other noises. Pink and red noises shift the high and low frequencies in a way that many people find relaxing in, in those types of noise. And also the research around this suggests that these devices decrease the time to fall asleep. So sometimes if it's queued up, like it actually triggers some sleep processes and you can actually go to sleep pretty easily. Yeah. So most people have heard of a white noise machine, which plays what basically sounds like a static sort of sound, just ongoing loud sound. But you might look up these pink and red noises. This is this is a little bit newer of an idea and they're kind of interesting. And so if, if that's something that you enjoy, you might use that as something to help aid in falling asleep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about how mobile phones have saved us once again, (laughs) which is that although we said no screen time before bed, there are some things that you can do to loophole that a little bit, which is there are lots of mobile applications that are intended to facilitate sleep in some capacity. Yep. Absolutely. So there was this 2020 study in the Journal of Medical Internet Research, M Health and U Health. That's the whole name. (laughs) So long. And this is by, I'm going to pronounce this Giotto et al. That makes sense. I hope that that's okay. Giotto and colleagues found that apps that monitor sleep, they are, I mean, they're acceptable at their job. They're generally affordable, but it is worth considering that they are very inconsistent and they're not as accurate as actual medical devices that researchers might use. Yeah. So if you really want to sleep really well, you got to go to a place where they put those sticky things on your head. Right. Yeah. Very important. Sticky things help sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah. Sticky things. All right. So from uh, Zaman et al. in the International Journal of Healthcare Management in 2020, they found that mobile apps help improve physical activity and sleep in respondents across occupations and age ranges. So there's that. Mm-hmm. And then no one wanted to name the apps in which they reviewed from what I was finding in these articles. However, they did review specific brands of wearable tech. And so a 2018 article in the journal Frontiers in Physiology by authors Peek, Kerr, and Sullivan, reported that at the time of the article being written, only three products had been evaluated and validated for monitoring and supporting sleep. And so those three, again, because this is published in research, I feel comfortable sharing these. These are not sponsors of the show, although if they want to be, (laughs) let us know. Yes, send us some info. There's a device called Up by the company Jawbone. Looks kind of like a little one of those little snappy bracelets, but like skinny. Mm -hmm. There's the Fitbit Charge 2 by Fitbit. Apparently the other ones have not been validated, but that one has, or at least at the time of the study. And then the Aura Ring by the company Aura, which my partner actually has one of these. And they're kind of cool looking. Like They kind of look just like a normal ring that you wear. Uh And then it's got all these crazy sensors on the inside of it that detect all these various things about your body. And it you don't have to turn on anything when you fall asleep. It automatically detects 
when it thinks you're sleeping versus napping. Interestingly, it makes a distinction between those things. Hmm. Kind of a cool device. They're, they're fairly pricey, a few hundred bucks. I think maybe 350 or 400 bucks. Yeah. But something if people are interested in, that's the one I'm the most familiar with, at least. All right. It's good stuff. So there is some stuff out there. Now, let's take a second to look at the behavioral view of this. Because, like, you know, obviously we have that lens, so it's worth looking at. When we go into Volkovich et al. in 2015 and the Journal of Sleep Medicine on the idea of co-sleeping with children, because this is this is something that comes up a lot, the idea of co-sleeping. Definitely. What this study did was it compared sleep sleep mothers while pregnant and after birth. So it looked at the, the mothers that, that while they were pregnant, after the baby was born, and mothers who slept with their children had more frequent night wakings and more fragmented sleep. And also, co-sleeping versus solitary sleeping had no impact on sleep quality for the infant. So the infant slept, it didn't matter, but for the parent, they actually slept worse when they were co-sleeping. Right. There was also a 1994 study. I understand that's a little bit old, but it was relevant in the journal Sleep <laughs> by authors Panhurst and Horn. And that found that couples sleeping with a partner showed increased sleep disturbances, suggesting that sleeping with your partner at night, actually sleeping, might be bad for your sleep hygiene, although most most people even with that still reported preferring to sleep with a partner. And there's actually been a, another more recent movement away from co-sleeping with one's partner, again, in the interest of getting more sleep. I couldn't find any recent studies that really backed that up super solidly yet. But that is uh, at least a trend that's emerging. So there might be some research that follows to speak to whether it would be recommended to sleep with a partner versus alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So some other interesting things, though, because sleep is this kind of experience, I guess, that humans all share at some level or most humans, I should say, share for a while. Some people thought it was healthy to sleep sitting up. So Frederick Douglass and Thomas Jefferson both did this. And as a matter of fact, when you go and you visit Frederick Douglass's house in Washington, D.C., you can see his bed is like three feet long because it was specifically designed for him to sit up while he slept. Real space saver, but not very comfortable. Nope, not at all. Very counterintuitive ideas about things that were healthy. Yeah. I guess there still are, but still. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like at that time there was a lot of things that were counterintuitive. So true. As opposed to today, which were so scientifically sound. That's right. Nobody puts jade things into their orifices in these modern times. <laughs> did we just call out Gwyneth Paltrow? We did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good, good. And goop more, more generally, but yeah. All right. So some other interesting tidbits here. People, of course, have done all kinds of interesting things in their sleep that are just kind of wild and bonkers, ranging from eating weird things to harming themselves and others to having conversations that they don't remember, to stealing things. And, you know, it's possible people just claim that they were asleep when they obviously were not and were doing those things and then got caught. But there seems to be some pretty good indication that there are quite a few times that these have happened while people were totally asleep, that they've done some interesting and weird stuff. Yep. It's a weird phenomenon. I mean, it's really this particular episode is specifically talking about how to ruin sleep, but there are so many different topics that we can cover within sleep that it just is a, a it's a really broad and interesting topic overall. Absolutely. So let's take a second because we have spent this entire episode telling you what to do, what not to do, but we have left our friend Randy Gardner awake for a very long time. That's right. So Randy, intrepid, but very sleepy. He managed to break that record. He stayed awake for 11 days and 24 minutes. Oof. The previous record holder I didn't mention, though, I believe was a DJ. 
<laughs> who when I read that I had to imagine was DJing all 11 days without stopping <laughs> that's right <laughs> so but this was the 1960s so I don't know or actually I don't know when that that record this happened in the 1960s I'm not sure when the DJ br- uh, set that record but <laughs> like were they this just is, spinning the Beach Boys <laughs> for 11 I, no, days even better this is happening in the 1920s where you have that really bad phonograph like <laughs> and like he's just spinning ragtime music for hours and hours and hours on end he's like That's great. he's like I can't go to sleep the flappers are still here and he's like doing all that like it's I, I want to know it's like it's got to be like DJ pantaloons or something like that he just jitterbugged for a week and a half. <laughs> DJ Pennyloaf is here. So after this uh, 11 days and 24 minutes, Randy was rushed to the hospital where he then slept for 14 hours, only waking up to use the toilet and then going back to sleep. I don't, I don't know how long he went back to sleep for the second time, but, you know, better, better part of a day there. This is something, too, is like because of this, I mean, the assumption is because of this. Right. But he suffered from insomnia for years after he did this. So, which is awful. Like, that would be the worst. Like, oh, I'm going to see if I can break this world record. Now I can never sleep again. Right. Yeah. The sleep researcher that was with them reported that Gardner's brain, or at least parts of it, were taking naps throughout the days that he was awake, basically arguing that it looked to him, again, technology is fairly limited in the 60s. So I'm not sure how this information was directly obtained, but they were basically reporting that different parts of the brain would sort of shut down in sleep mode throughout the day so that he was kind of never even really fully awake after the first day is kind of what they were suggesting. And so this is a skill that Batman has. They're called micro sleeps where he can, that's why he can stay up and be vigilant forever. It's like he can sleep for like a couple seconds at a time and he's okay. So, but Randy Gardner is clearly not Batman. So important point about this, the Guinness world records actually decided to stop certifying this record because it was too dangerous. And you can see like the adverse health effects that came along with Randy just because of all this. And some of the stuff that we know today from that record, but the Guinness world records has actually stopped actually recording this. All right. I think we've wrapped it up here. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still a lot to unpack. I mean, specifically this episode talks about how to improve sleep and all that. It doesn't talk about like, sleep deficits in really far depth. It doesn't talk about sleep disorders. It doesn't talk about all those things. So, so we have a lot to dig into with this. We'll probably do a couple more episodes on it. I would imagine. Yes, exactly. There's lots to talk about with sleep. Very interesting topic. And so as a take home, just remember if, if you want to ruin your sleep, you should exercise before bed, use your bed for everything you can think of, use screens in bed, eat right before bed, work until you're ready to go to bed, If you're laying in bed and you can't go to sleep, just toss and turn for a long time. Wake up whenever you feel like it. Sleep in on the weekends. Stay up late all the time and definitely use alcohol to get to sleep. That will make sure that you are just wrecked. Have the worst sleep of any person ever. It is a a surefire way to get there. Really, any one of those things will definitely get you there. But um, all 10 together would be a like you are going to have the just be the, the worst sleeper on the planet. Yes. And if you want to listen to actual advice on how to improve your sleep, then what you're going to do is you're going to look at things like routines and setting up really good routines, making sure you have good daily habits that help improve sleep, sleep schedules, and actually improving your bedroom environment. Those four aspects of sleep will help to improve your sleep processes and where to go next. As another sort of closing thought here in terms of things to remember, there are these these new applications and technology that you can use that have been validated by research. So if you're having trouble sleeping and you would like to sleep, aside from changing many or all of the things that we've talked about, you can also lean on some of that technology to help get you to sleep. And finally, just get some rest. 
I mean, that's a big take home point for me is like, get some rest. You need, you need rest. Like you need sleep. There's no reason where you should be not prioritizing sleep in general. And this is coming from somebody who definitely does not prioritize sleep. So right. I recognize the do as I say, not as I do thing, but definitely try to get some sleep. It's, it's worth it. I've been trying to keep it fairly tongue in cheek throughout this, but we want you to sleep. We want you to be able to sleep. And as, as Shane, you pointed out already that a lot of people have these medical disorders that make it difficult for them to sleep. And that's, that's something that is not going to be necessarily fixed super easily by following these. You might be doing everything right and still have trouble sleeping. But for those of you for who the, for whom that is not the case, which is to say that you are just doing things on this list that make it difficult for you to sleep. I would like you to be a, a sleepful human being who gets the rest that you need. So mm-hmm. these are some strategies to consider taking, making some changes so that you live a long, healthy, happy life. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And with that, I think we are ready for some recommendations. Yes. Recommendations. All right. I will go first because mine is not related to sleep and therefore it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) We can, we can end on something that's a little bit more to the point. So I am recommending another board game. I like it. Because. And so this board game is called Photosynthesis. This is by publisher Blue Orange Games. And this is a really cool game where you build these little, I mean, you don't have to build them for the game, but to to set up the game, it comes with all these cardboard trees that you make and they look really cool. They're really pretty. And essentially everybody gets their own color tree. And then you're trying to grow these trees in a forest. Very cool sort of strategy game where you're trying to like, where can I put my tree? And like you get points from your tree catching sunlight. But if your tree is in the shade of someone else's tree or even one of your own trees, then it won't get any sunlight. Okay. The sun moves around the board. It's this cool sort of cardboard cutout of the sun that you rotate around the board after everyone's taken their turn. And so you want to strategically place your tree so that they can get as much sunlight as possible and then grow new trees in spaces where they're going to catch sunlight. And then you use those points to grow more trees and that sort of thing. So Really interesting game, very pretty game to look at. And then I, I just love the cardboard trees that came with it are really cute. And it's um, it's really fun. So I'd recommend Bl- Photosynthesis by Blue Orange Games. All right. I like it. I like it. So I will admit that while you may hear the word sleep in my recommendation, it has very little to do with sleep. I'm recommending a band that I absolutely love and they fall into the stoner metal genre or like sludge metal genre. Like you can definitely tell this band listens to black Sabbath. Okay. And this band is called sleep legitimately called sleep. Now I recommend just listening to them. They're a lot of fun. They're, they're big hit records. They have a record called Holy mountain sleeps, Holy mountain. They have a record called dope smoker. So if that gives you any vibe of like what they might sound like, like pretty much like if black Sabbath were even more, stoned okay i recommend starting with the sciences which is their newest record it came out in 2018 and it's just slow sludgy i mean they have a song on that record called antarcticans thawed and it's 14 and a half minutes long nice. and it's just pure metal riffage and that's the only way like you go to this you go to this concert you don't move you just bang your head and uh yeah man they're just a great band so i just felt like as we were talking about sleep i was like man i really love sleep the band so let's talk about that. So maybe yeah. it will help people sleep. Listen to sleep. If you don't like really slow trudging music, then yes, it will absolutely help put you to sleep. <laughs> Great. All right. <laughs> do you have anything else on sleep, Shane? 
Nope. All right, then I think that brings us to the end. If you sleep, then uh, good for you. Let us know about that. <laughs> if you like to listen to sleep or people sleeping, second part's a little weird, but if you uh, like to listen to the band sleep, then <laughs> that's great. If you uh, would like to tell us about your board games you like, or if you've played photosynthesis and have any comments, or you played the expansion and have any comments, I'd be interested in hearing from you. If you have any tips, tricks, or strategies you like to use to help yourself sleep, or if you'd like to argue with me about things that I found that prevent you from getting sleep, or you're like, I drink alcohol every night and I sleep just fine. I'm going to say, no, you don't, but that's okay. We can have that discussion. Please reach out to me <laughs> at info at WWD, WWDpodcast.com. You can also reach us at all of our social media things, and we will respond to you there. If you'd like to support us and help us do what we do so that we can have reasons for doing it, then <laughs> please join, consider joining <laughs> us on Patreon. You can also subscribe, leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to episodes, and uh, you know, tell a friend. Get the word out there. Yep, absolutely. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for recording with me today, Shane. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to all of our Patreon people for continuing to support us through all of our nonsense. That is all I've got. So this is Abraham. And this is Shane. We are out. See ya. Good night. (laughs) You've been listening to Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by our amazing patrons. Thank you. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a patron by heading to patreon.com slash podcast. You can also rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts or share this episode with your friends. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.wwdpodcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is researched and produced by Abraham, Ryan O, Shane, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brassier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day. People are more likely to gain weight, experience, um, experience. Um, I don't think this was a comma there. <laughs> <laughs> They're more likely to gain weight and experience. <laughs> you just gain experience. experience points like in a video yeah. game, you know? Yeah, that's how you get XP. <laughs> Duh. Um, I don't have to go slaughter any animals in my immediate close forest. I just have to sleep. Our sleep-defined high school student of the Vic Dan... Uh, <laughs> Spoonerism crept in there. Vic Van Vike. <laughs> yeah, Vic Van Vike. <laughs> we don't we don't we don't have royal we can't pay royalties. We can't afford that yet. So we're that's, right, that's our discount to get <laughs> He doesn't Bargain fall very bid. much. Yeah. <laughs>